it is generally accepted that cardiovascular events occur earlier in adult men compared to adult women. But how early in life does cardiovascular risk diverge along gender lines? You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment exploring children's health. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and with me today is Dr. Antoinette Moran, professor and division head of pediatric endocrinology at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Moran. Thank you for inviting me. Well, cardiovascular risk is a topic that I as an internist think about all the time in adults. Why should we be looking at it in children and and adolescents? So, you know, when you're looking at it in adults, you're seeing all of these risk factors already present. There's insulin resistance and, and elevated lipids and high blood pressure and risk of diabetes. But what starts it all and when did it start? And which of those factors start first and does one lead to the other? And there's a lot that really is not known, but I think that it has become generally accepted that that this process doesn't just all of a sudden happen in adults. It's, It's been evolving over a long period of time. And this study was started, oh, almost 12 years ago now, to explore that the evolution of all of these risk factors began in childhood or at least in adolescence. And so the paper that we're going to talk about today is just one of a number that have come out of a study following children from the age of about 11. Very interesting. And are we seeing, as we do in adults, an increased percentage of obese children, diabetics, the metabolic syndrome per se? Certainly we are. You know, people talk about an epidemic of type 2 diabetes in adolescence. This particular study took 350-some normal Minneapolis school kids. Some of them are obese, some of them aren't. Later, we added their siblings. And so in this group, every couple years, we've been measuring lipid levels, blood pressure levels, vascular resistance, heart echoes. We've been doing insulin clamp studies looking at insulin resistance. We've been doing diet surveys, exercise surveys. And so we have a cohort of kids, certainly some of whom who are obese, the majority of them who are not. And they're not kids anymore. You know, Now they're in their early 20s. And so you're continuing to follow them beyond what is in the published study. Yes, we hope to follow them forever. Okay. Now, I I saw the study that we're talking about, by the way, is a very interesting study in the May 6th edition of Circulation that looks at the development of risk factors, including insulin resistance, in these children from 11 to 19 Now, this was a subpopulation of a larger group of 12,000. Is that correct? No. Initially, when we started the study, there were 12,000 Minneapolis school kids screened and approached, and a subpopulation of those Minneapolis school children were enrolled in this study. And then that entire cohort has been followed all this time. And so this paper is on that cohort that we have been following since the age of 11. Is this cohort comparable to the population in general? Were they chosen in any specific way that might have introduced bias? Yes. So they were screened for blood pressure, and 75% of them were chosen from the upper quartile of normal blood pressure. So not overtly hypertensive, but the upper quartile of normal blood pressure to try and select a group of more at-risk kids. 
I see. And then, as you said, they were several parameters were followed about every two or three years. Yep. And how many children in total completed the evaluation that is referred to in the study? The initial cohort was 350. And then by the second visit, at the age of about 17, they were 303. And by age 19, there were 193. Plus, we added 150 siblings. So a good group of youngsters moving into early adulthood. Can you describe some of the main findings? You know, we've reported several things in this cohort. And early on, what we reported was that some of the same associations that you're seeing in adults, we were seeing in in kids. And even though these kids initially didn't actually have metabolic syndrome per se, the ones with the highest blood pressures were also the ones with the highest lipid levels and also the highest insulin resistance. So even within the normal range of all those parameters, there was already some clustering of of risk factors even in 11-year-olds. This current paper followed these kids over the age span from 11 to, to 19 years as they started and finished puberty. And so what we found wasn't really what we had expected based on what was happening to their body composition. So as these kids moved through puberty, you know, as you might expect, the boys lost body fat, became more lean, more muscular, and the girls gained body fat. And yet despite those changes, insulin sensitivity didn't follow the body fat. Insulin sensitivity, insulin sensitivity decreased in the males, even though this was the very time when they were becoming more muscular and more lean. And typically we think of insulin sensitivity as as being associated with leanness. But in these normal kids, as boys became more lean as they moved through puberty, and as girls became fatter as they moved through puberty, the boys became more insulin resistant and the girls did not. So before puberty, boys and girls had equal insulin resistance. At the end of puberty, boys were more resistant than girls. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals, and this is a special segment on exploring children's health. I'm your host, Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Antoinette Moran, professor and division head of pediatric endocrinology at the University of Minnesota, about how risk factors for cardiovascular disease differ in males and females as they go through puberty. So, Dr. Moran, that's very interesting. As body fat went up, insulin resistance went down, and that's precisely the opposite of what we typically think of. Well, and other cardio risk factors followed. So by the end of puberty, boys had lower HDL levels, higher triglyceride levels, and higher systolic blood pressure levels. But keep in mind what we're talking here about is normal kids going through normal puberty with normal body composition changes. If we took the 15 or 20% of these kids, closer to 15% of these kids who were obese, they were just insulin resistant. Male, female, they were extremely insulin resistant. So obesity can overwhelm the natural or normal 
relations that occur during puberty as boys and girls develop pubertal body changes. So obesity kind of trumps the gender card, if you will, but it would make sense that even within the normals, the non-obese, that some of these changes might lead to the observation that men tend to get into cardiovascular trouble earlier than women. Yes, and that that is, at least within the range of normal weight, that that is independent of body composition. Very interesting. And are there proposed mechanisms that might account for these changes? So we're assuming that it's hormonal. You know, women have protection from cardiovascular disease compared to men until the time of menopause. Now, we looked at this at the other end of the spectrum at the time of puberty, and that cardiovascular risk seems to emerge in men at the end of puberty. So, you know, is estrogen protective? Are androgens harmful? You can come up with hypotheses for either case, but because this protection in women seems to start at the time of puberty and end at the time of menopause. Our hypothesis is that it is a protective effect of estrogen. And that certainly makes sense. Do these findings discourage our traditional focus on diet and exercise in normal weight, non-obese boys, seeing that they're going to develop these problems even if their body fat stays low and their lean mass goes up? No, certainly not. There's risk and there's risk. Being male does place one at greater risk than someone who is female, but it's just one piece of the risk. And certainly the data that obesity trumps all of this would suggest that none of us want to become obese, and there's plenty of other data that we can influence insulin sensitivity, lipid levels, blood pressures, with diet, with exercise. So yes, men are at greater risk, and yes, that starts early, but None of us are immune from cardiovascular risk if we don't take good care of ourselves. So keep that focus on a good nutritious diet and regular exercise. Definitely. Something that's interesting to me is that this effect of estrogen seems to have some time specificity to it, as we now, I think most of us would agree that postmenopausally, estrogens may slightly increase cardiovascular risk. Any thoughts about that? I'm not sure what to make of that and what preparations are used in those studies and how, how does that compare with normal physiologic hormone production, cyclical hormone production. I think when you start to artificially supply hormones, it, it's very difficult to directly compare that with the way that the body makes and secretes those hormones. I wouldn't rule out a beneficial effect of estrogens in postmenopausal women. We just maybe haven't figured out the right way to give them, the right amount to give. Maybe different types of estrogens, different regimens, and it's very different when you're using exogenous estrogens. Very good point. Are there any tips for those of us who are working with adolescents in terms of how to get them to be excited about and comply with appropriate diet and exercise regimens? Well, that's certainly a difficult question. I think that in, in one sense it's a societal question, that, that we as a society have created a, an environment where it's very difficult for youth and adults to have a healthy lifestyle and that that starts in the home, in the schools, in our communities. But I do also believe that we as physicians can make a difference for our patients and for our young patients. And 
that if we don't talk about it, they'll assume it's not important. And, and if we talk about it in a positive and supportive way that we can make a difference, in particular in continuing to remind kids and their parents how important healthy lifestyle is. Well, I want to thank Dr. Antoinette Moran, Professor and Division Head of Pediatric Endocrinology at the University of Minnesota, for being with us. She has outlined a very interesting study in the May issue of Circulation that shows that as young boys and girls become uh, young adults going from age 11 to 19, despite increase in lean body mass and decrease in body fat percentage, young men tend to have increased insulin resistance, higher triglycerides, lower HDL, and higher systolic blood pressures. But Dr. Moran stressed we still need to focus on stressing the roles of good nutrition, diet, exercise to all of our young people so as to reverse the epidemic of obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease in our society. I want to thank you for listening. This has been a special segment on exploring children's health on ReachMD XM 157.